Folks, if we can do one thing in 2022, can we just stop overestimating video game presentations? and welcome to another edition of the Making Fun Podcast. My name is Casey Johnson. Alongside me, as always, is my lifelong friend, my favorite homeowner at Raven Baby TV, Raven Stab Miller. Raven, how are you, man? Happy Mario Day. Happy Mario. We are recording this on March 10th. If you write out M-A-R-1-0, looks like a Mario. Looks like Mario. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, just kind of hanging in there. Work was long. Day is mm. longer. Mm. Um but now I get to hang out and talk to you and have an hour and a half go by where we don't even recognize it does. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so ready for that hour and a half to take place. I'm, I'm just, I'm ready for some normalcy. It seems, it seems like after, since I got off the phone with you last week around this time, like things have just been mm -hmm. wild ever since then. Yeah. How so? Oh, well, okay. So I had, my first show, and I'll, I'll put that in quotes, but I had my first gig of the uh, of the year on Saturday, which, so our, um, my, my buddy Matt, who is our owner, um, bass player, he sings like two-thirds of the songs. He mm -hmm. does all of the MC work. He does all of the crowd work. Yeah. He recently had um, surgery to get rid of bone spurs in his foot and uh, repair a torn, I believe, ACL. Oh, yeah. Nice. And he... Late last week started having some really, really bad pain. And the doctor told him, well, with the surgery that you had, muscle spasms are really common. So it very well may be just muscle spasms. So mm -hmm. they gave him muscle spasm medication, the, the muscle relaxers. They did nothing. So he went yeah. back to the doctor and they were like, we are going to send you to the hospital because they need to check to see if you've had blood clots form. Mm, yeah. And uh, sure as all the world, right, blood clot in the back of his leg. Oh, God. So he's on blood thinners now, but he was in no shape to make the trip. Right. So, Raven, riddle me this. <laughs> How do you do a show without your owner, bass player, band leader, MC, the guy who sings two-thirds of the songs? Prayer, I guess? Uh, yeah, you just... You just put on the best show that you got. Exactly. So, um, so it was, just, I mean, it was just so weird the whole time. Cause you know, Brett had to do all the talking. Brett doesn't do talking hardly at all. And like he had to sing every single song for a total of four hours, by the way. Oh Lordy. Maybe more like three and a half. Once you count in breaks. But still three yeah, and a half hours on a human voice is like, yeah. So he, uh, we all felt it. 
Yeah. Besides the fact that as a drummer, without a bass player there, you may as well put me on an island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And like have me on Zoom. Right? Because yeah. <laughs> the the drum and the bass work together like a checks and balances system. Right? Where yeah. I when I am off, he gets me back on track. When he's off, I get him back on track. And there was no check and there was no balance. Um, but overall, had a fun time. And then, like, I don't know, since then, just weird things have been happening. Uh, all culminating in a helicopter being at my work today. Yeah. I work in a strip mall. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's still crazy. Uh, I don't know. I haven't told you this yet because I wanted you to hear it on here. I saw the helicopter on my way home today. Oh, really? That same helicopter, yeah. Uh, I was like driving by and I'm like, oh, there's a helicopter up there. I was like, I bet I know exactly what helicopter that is. I couldn't confirm it because it kind of flew out of range too fast, but it looked about the right color scheme. So uh, Casey would love to know that. Yeah, to, to, to fill everybody in, I work at Disc Replay, um, which is in a strip mall that the biggest, um, like the anchor store of that strip mall is a rule king. And we are near an airport. So we hear planes, you know, overhead. There's nothing. Yeah. And that's common occurrence, especially considering we're next to Camp Atterbury, which is a military base. My entire childhood, I would just wake up to bombs and like, that's nothing to me. So I I don't really think much of the noise. So I, um, we hear this helicopter and then it was like really loud and then it was like prolonged and I was, I was taking care of one of our regulars, James, and I went, I was like, Jesus, are they landing on the roof? Like what's happening? He kind of chuckled and then it got louder and I, I told, um, Zach, I said, Zach, can you go please check to see if we're being invaded or like what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. And like they're waging war on the disc replay. I don't know. Specifically the disc replay where you're at. Not anywhere else. Just correct, the one. Correct. <laughs> just the Columbus store, you know? Yeah. So he looks out it's back a and he's like, like the like, Greenwood store. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, they just landed back there. And then I'm taking care of a customer at the time. And he, isn't it weird how sometimes there's an expert at the exact time when you need one? Yeah. That's what happened like here. Conveniently. Yeah. He go he goes, oh yeah, I used to work, uh, at the rural King in Greensburg and he said, that's the, the, that's the higher ups, like the president and vice president of Rule King. They fly their helicopter around to different Rule Kings. And like, that's how they do their check-ins. And I'm like, really? And he goes, is it that blue one? And I, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah. It, he's like, they're the coolest dudes ever. They just show up in their helicopter and like their pilot will like come in and start stocking shelves and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> while they're in there doing their business and everything. And that's crazy. Yeah. Which here's the thing that I was saying though, is if if 
I had a helicopter. Yeah, hypothetical. Would I be the guy that flew at places? Oh, you bet your sweet bippy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm flying my right. helicopter to, like, well, every once in a while I'll fall down the rabbit hole of, like, the guys who have, like, the paragliders or whatever. Um, and yeah. they like flying my paraglider to McDonald's or whatever. And I like, I would be that guy. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm vain enough for that. Right. It's kind of like riding like a motorcycle, just cooler somehow. It, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I think I know how. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think motorcycles are pretty cool. You're, you're literally like corporate needs you to find the difference between this picture and this picture. <laughs> And it's a picture of a motorcycle and a picture of a helicopter. They're the same picture. Same thing. Oh, Raven, what have you been playing lately? Uh, so it's been a week uh, since we last talked. And I don't remember if I mentioned this, but I bought a Switch OLED. Uh, I believe you mentioned that you had it. You did not mention that you had it in your possession. Yeah, so I ordered a Switch OLED, I picked it up on Sunday, and I played the game that came out with the Switch OLED, which is Metroid Dread. Mm. I played that for about six or seven hours on uh, Sunday, and then I played it for another hour yesterday, and I beat it. Uh, my in-game time was about seven hours, so I spent seven hours in Metroid Dread. It was pretty good. Mm. Overall, it was a pretty good Metroid game. Uh, my biggest gripe is that it takes a little bit too long to get your upgrades. So, like, one of the mainstays in the Metroid series is that you have your spider or your uh, morph ball pretty quickly. Yeah. So you can explore all these small areas. I think it took me two hours to get the morph ball. Which isn't that big a deal, but they kept showing off, like, oh, you can go here whenever you get your morph ball. I'm like, just give it to me now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the Emmy stuff was cool, and then I got monotonous, and then it got like boring, uh, because like it was it was cool because it was hard, and then it was monotonous because it was hard, and then it was um, boring because it was too easy. Yeah, um, and that's just how it kind of went. Uh, overall, though, it was really it was a really good return to form for a two D Metroid game. It makes me want to go back and play Super Metroid. Makes me want to go back and makes me want to play Zero Mission. Mm. Um, overall, overall pretty good. good. Outside of that, I played. Uh, about an hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Emily seemed more interested in playing through Metroid Dread, and that is just because we had just played through all of Zero Dawn. Right, right, So we're both kind of, like, trying to give us... We wanted to get back into it so we knew the premise, but we wanted to give us a little bit of a break before we jump back into it again. Exactly. But the game's not going anywhere. Um, And then I started playing uh, Project Triangle Strategy last night for a little bit. I looked for, like, 30 minutes... Uh, I'm finding it hard to find the time to play the game because I read a review from a Smash commentator that I watched. He said he had been playing for two hours and was in one round of combat. Who? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just, and that was a tutorial battle. Uh, and uh-huh. so I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of rough. And so I was playing it and I played for about 30 minutes and I got through that battle tutorial. And I was like, oh. Um, so it's sort of this thing that's like if Emily wants the TV to play like Animal Crossing or something. Yeah. I'll pop it out, and I'll and basically I just get to read, right? I just get to read everything that's going on in Triangle Strategy, which I'm excited for. I'm excited to be able to invest myself into a game like that. It's just a matter of 
fully finding that time, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding, yeah. But that's that's everything that I've been playing, man. I've been kind of taking it slow this week, playing through Metroid Dread. I I hosted an in-person party for the first time in a oh while. Oh my goodness! My first house party. Yeah, we all took our COVID tests like the day of our home ones, and we're all like, "Hey, everybody's good. Nobody has it." And we all got together. I made a bunch of pasta for everybody and had a good time. That's like my first big house party, uh, and had a had a had a swell old time. Good, good, good. Uh, but yeah, I've I have been sleeping at like nine o'clock every night because I am still recovering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what what have what have you been playing? I, I, I have a feeling it's a lot. How long do you have LMAO? I have um, uh, until seven o'clock. Okay. So cool. you got an hour. <laughs> um So let's I uh, okay. So Nia and I finished inside. Okay. Um, Raven, have you played and finished Inside? I have not, no. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I do recommend it to you. It's like a three-hour experience. Um, sure. su- super palatable. And I guess I would like then to speak to the folks out there who have played Inside and finished it. Um, mm-hmm. Because in, in at the end of Inside some shocking things take place. Oh, really? Some, some stuff that I remember when inside came out and people were like, okay, so what was that? Mm. And just watching Nia experience that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen where it got to Mm -hmm. a point and I was like, I'm pretty sure you're close. And yeah. then she landed in this like giant tank of water, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you're close." Yeah. Um. But it's been it's been a lot of Nia stuff this week. I played a little bit of Horizon Forbidden West. Um. I also so. Tuesday we went out to dinner with my mom to celebrate her birthday, and then we got home. And Nia goes, you know, I'm in a mood. And those are usually mm-hmm. not good words. Yeah. But she finished this, the sentence with, I just want to play Mario Kart. And I'm like, oh. well, here we go. Exactly. And uh, eight days from today, uh, as we are recording it, the first batch of uh, tracks comes out. I don't have anything going on next weekend. Very excited. Got my sea legs back under me. I'm practiced up. I'm ready to go. Um, Mm -hmm. Nia and I decided to do what we call a blowout where we set it to random and then 48. So we essentially set the entire game on shuffle and spent the next four hours just going. Right. Um, so it was a lot of fun. She ended up beating me by a little bit, which I, I of course, I don't mind that. I'm very proud of her for that. Um, we also had an opportunity to play the Kirby demo. Mm-hmm. Um, we played it co-op, which first things first, do not do that. Oh, there are okay. There are two types of multiplayer. 
And this is going to be important in a lot of the stuff that I say here in the next 10 minutes or so. Um, there are two types of multiplayer. To me, there is multiplayer, and then there is second-class citizen multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Usually the multiplayer designed for kids, where they're not really doing anything. They're rubber-banded mm-hmm. to player one. They're just kind of right. there to mash buttons. Um, sure. So the, the co-op experience overall was not for us. We've decided that when we play it, because we do want to play it together, but it's going to be yeah. more of a pass the controller back and forth, level by level kind of game. Yeah. Um, I have never played a game, Raven, that screamed to me so much in every way. I am a 7.5 out of 10, and I am proud. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... It's good. I mean, it's a good, it's a good game. It just like this game would have been a ten during, say, the, like the PS2 generation, um, with its with its world building and with its levels, like extremely linear. Um, a lot like a ton of invisible walls. Like, oh my god, the amount of invisible walls! You like one of the levels that we played is in the uh, mall. And you're mm-hmm. running around, and you're like, oh, I wonder what's around this corner. Okay, cool, nothing. Like, I, I, I can't go around that corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, that, and that, I guess that makes sense, just because Kirby is so streamlined, in a sense. Yeah. So, like, having it be like that makes sense, but it doesn't make it any less disappointing. Right. Because you're like, I'm in a 3D world, I want to explore. And the game's like, how about, instead, you don't. And yeah, so and like I don't even mind as much if we're in like a corridor and you put real walls there. Yeah. Invisible walls are something I don't really get down with that much. Sure. Um I don't care if I even like jump over the ledge and then like die. Mm-hmm. Like just just give give me something other than the invisible wall. But overall right. it we had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. And actually the multiplayer kind of worked out because the the third level is is a boss and as yeah. we're fighting the boss i'm like you know trying to avoid death and everything and nia says ah yes i as a second class citizen do not get targeted by the boss and so she just ran under the bo- uh, the boss's legs and just kept hitting him with the sword until he died <laughs> Like, yeah, cheesed the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, use it to your advantage, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a good game taking control of the things like the car and the cone. It's, it, you know, it's a it's a mechanic. It's a little bit of a gimmick. It's a, it's a really good game. I'm looking forward to playing it when it comes out. But it's not mm-hmm. the Super Mario Odyssey because that's what we, we were kind of hoping. Right. We're, th- we hope right. this is Kirby's Odyssey. And yeah. it's just a really good Kirby game, which is one of the most successful franchises in the world, but it's still just a yeah. really good Kirby game. Right. It's not a Kirby's Odyssey. It's a Kirby's Adventure. Yeah. It's just like fine. Now and it's okay. It's okay to be fine. Yeah. Now, as we transition from second class citizen multiplayer to real multiplayer. I thought you might say real second class citizen. I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is taking a turn. Um, 
Nia and I started playing It Takes Two yesterday. Oh, nice. And I'm I'm still deciding exactly what my thoughts on it are. Mm-hmm. However, there is no doubt that it is... I don't know where exactly, but it is one of the best games I've ever played. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. Um, It is amazing. And when you talk about true multiplayer, this is true multiplayer. It yeah. is inherent to the game. Everybody has a job. And you actually have to collaborate in real life. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most imaginatively designed games I've ever seen where like you take, you take toy story and you give it as many steroids as you can find. And that's kind of, it takes two in the world building. Um, Mm -hmm. it is so charming and it is so fun. And you keep just like, laughing. I can't believe they did that with this household object. Um, oh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if it's sitting top 20, top 15, but it is really, really up there in terms of video game experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. No, I, Emily and I played it for a little bit and it just ended up being one of those things like we played for a couple of hours and then just other games have taken our time. Yeah. But whenever we played it, we really enjoyed ourselves. It was just a fun time to have. Did you did you get to the stuff. part with the squirrels and the tree? So we got to the tree, and that's where we stopped. So okay, we had, yeah, uh, you. We got through the tree. We got introduced to the item in the tree. Finished up that part, and then stopped with the game. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, you have not seen about half of why I'm giving it so much praise. Because yeah, we I know what, we I got know what all the way far. through the tree, and the mm. the stuff that happens in that tree is just absolutely tremendous um to anybody out there who likes playing co-op games particularly if you're playing co-op games with a significant other i cannot Mm -hmm. recommend this one enough for all of you Mm -hmm. um finally raven i have played more i uh, yeah i've played about three or four hours now of WWE 2K22. Um, so, to give a little bit of backstory, right, to, to understand why this is so pivotal, WWE used the same developers from WWE SmackDown on the original PlayStation all the way up through WWE 2K19, all right? 20 years, the same development team was working on this game. Now, Mm -hmm. over time, there were, you know, they published with THQ, and then THQ goes under, and then Mm -hmm. eventually it's all given to 2K, and now it's WWE 2K. But Ukes, that same team, was working on it. Um, Ukes left the project uh, of WWE 2K20 midway through WWE 2K20. And it was atrocious. 
Okay. One of the worst games I've ever played in my life because the WWE 2K team, like Visual Concepts, took it over and they were like, it's all right, we can land this plane. But they couldn't because there are so many variables. There are so many interactables. There are so many things that you have to worry about in a wrestling game as opposed to, say, a basketball game. Mm Mm-hmm that it was it was the glitchiest buggiest mess and and you know me I have really good luck with bugs I pretty much play mm-hmm. the game the way the game is meant to be played and I, I I've never really come into that many bugs I couldn't get through yeah. a match without a bug oh geez yeah I mean just terrible and to the point where they did not release a 2k21 they said we're yeah. ta- we're rebuilding everything and they did and the slogan has been it hits different. It does hit different. I'm still deciding to what degree that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the question you have to ask yourself is, is it better than 2K20? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a high bar, but yes. Um, <laughs> they At went, least it meets it. They went slightly, in terms of gameplay, they went slightly more fighting game with it. Um, They've got, I mean, it's got light attack, heavy, atta- uh, heavy attack, and then you can grapple. And then when you grapple, you can choose light attack, heavy attack, or um, what I call a grapple grapple, which is when you actually just do a slam or a move. Um, it's, you can dodge, you can block, and then there's also breakers where if you see that they're hitting you with what you perceive to be a light attack and you hit the light attack button, you'll reverse it. Mm-hmm. Very, very fighting gamey type of stuff that they're doing in this yeah. particular iteration. For me, I think it goes a slight bridge too far into the fighting gamey stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, like the reversals and the dodges and the breakers. Like, just give me a reversal button and just like let me go from there. That's the way wrestling games have always done it. There's a reversal button. Yeah. And it, it's at that point, it's all about timing. I, I don't want to... I don't want to dodge myself into this hole where I'm like, Oh, it's a light attack. No, it's a heavy attack. No. And then next thing you know, I'm taking like five moves. Yeah. Um, but the gameplay itself, I think is very solid. Um, and definitely something to, to build on for the future. That that's good. Um, creation is a little bit weird. There are some ways in which the game has regressed that I get and don't get at the same time. Uh, for instance, obviously a wrestler's entrance is a huge deal, um, especially in WWE. The, right, the the right. the entrance is the way that you introduce yourself to the character to the crowd every night, and mm-hmm. they there used to be, and this is since two thousand six. Okay is mm-hmm. you can do what is called an advanced entrance where you can give them one person's motion on the stage 
and then the next one on the ramp, and then the next one as you're getting in the ring, and then the next motion in the ring. You can change the mm-hmm. lighting. You can pick when pyrotechnics go off. Like, really, you could spend an hour, two hours crafting a really good entrance. Mm-hmm. They they took that out. So mm-hmm. all that you can do now is give somebody somebody's whole entrance animation, um, which is really disheartening to me. Now, they said that they took it out because it was causing all kinds of bugs. And I do understand that. While that's fair, this is something that Ukes figured out in 2006. Mm-hmm. And since then, they've never had any issues with it. Um, so it does feel a little bit cheap that it ended up getting removed. But if it was causing bugs, it was causing bugs. We'll try again next year. Um, or, or they could just like input it as a free patch. Right, exactly. Um, they won't. But they, they won't. Should. They won't. Um, and speaking of patches, you can tell that this game was, and and we've even reported on this on the show in the past that WWE and 2K have been fighting a lot the last year. Um, because it has been a year of significant turnover. Okay. In WWE. Um, and as such. 2K's roster and their plans have kept getting messed up mm-hmm. because they've got all of these people who, I mean, they need to craft a story mode. They need, there's new stuff in the game this year and they've got to have an accurate roster, but WWE keeps firing people and not like, not like low level people. Several people who were heavily factored into this game in development are gone from the company now. And, you know, it is what it is from the perspective of people getting released. Like, it sucks, but there's there's plenty of places to work in the wrestling industry right now. You know, I don't cry and mourn for them necessarily, but you can tell... This game has a ton of band-aids on it. Yeah. And that is all evidenced. For me, the biggest place it's evidenced is when I go into the My Faction mode. Now, Mm -hmm. My Faction is now WWE's version of Ultimate Team or My Team from the 2K series. Um, Wherein you are, you know... Spending either in-game currency or real money on card packs and opening them and you have, you know, a chance to get whoever and you kind of build your team. Mm -hmm. Which, and I've said this on the show before, as a sports fan, I happen to be a little bit more apologetic towards these modes than maybe other people are. I, as a kid, loved collecting basketball cards. I had a big basketball card collection. And ultimately, those cards didn't do anything. Right. And I spent a ton of money on them. Oh, yeah. So, for me, looking at 
card. And by the way, card collecting is still a very big deal. As a matter of yeah. fact, cards are like sports trading cards are more expensive than they have ever been right now. Oh yeah. No, I mean all all cards are. Yeah. I play Magic the Gathering. It's like one of my main hobbies with some friends. And like I try really hard not to spend a lot of money, but the hobby just kept going up constantly. Yeah. And like it's at a healthier spot now than it was, but it's just over COVID, everybody's like, oh, snap, Pokemon's going crazy. <laughs> yeah. All of these other card games can also go crazy. And that's just kind of how we ended up here. So, I don't, a lot of people look at, oh, oh this is predatory and this is, this is BS. And the, yeah. And I see that. Yeah. I, I do think, however, there is a big difference between predatory behavior and an inherently predatory game mode. And sure. it's not an inherently predatory game mode. It just so happens that the way that these companies, because these companies are making a hundred million dollars every year based off of this game mode with no mm-hmm. signs of slowing down, they are being predatory about the way that they're handling it. So, I, I, I want to be clear in, before I say anything about this mode that I'm cool with this mode existing. As a matter of fact, I love the fact that this mode exists. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to building my faction. I'm going to spend real money on it from time to time. Now, sure. you get your starter packs and you choose from the WWE's three main brands, that being Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And if you get a um, an NXT starter pack, you get, which I did, you get a player card for a wrestler named Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. Except when you click on it, like when you click on the starter pack, the starter pack has a picture of a wrestler named Johnny Gargano in it. And it has Johnny on the pack, but it says Tommaso, and then you get the Tommaso card. Obviously, Johnny was going to be a part of this, the the starter pack, but like two or three months ago, Johnny left WWE, Mm -hmm. and so he's not in it anymore, at least not as a featured player. Yeah. And there's just little stuff like that over the course. Like, it is so easy to go to the create a wrestler mode and create people who have just gotten released from the company because all of their gear is in the create a wrestler mode because it's in the game. You may as well put it in there and let people create the person that they wanted to be in the first place. Yeah. Um, My faction mode has a really interesting head scratcher, though, to me. Okay. In that it does not include online play in any form. Okay. So it's like you build your team and then you just play it all single player. Which, for the record, thrills me. Like, I don't play online anyway. I'm not that person. Right. But, like, I play the the 2K My Team stuff and I love it. But, yeah. like... Uh, I have to ask myself, Raven, what's the point of this mode? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, oh, that's how they make money, so people can compete online. Kind of like the uh, NBA cards, I think, is yeah. kind of the similarity you mentioned earlier. Sa- same with Madden. Yeah, it is just like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, that's just the easiest way to put it. Like, I, I like it from, like, a moral standpoint. It's all completely for your own self, and if you want to do it, you can. If you don't want to do it, there is no repercussions for you. You're not competing with anybody. Right. But also, even if you're not, like, competing with random people, you still maybe want to play with your friends and show off your cool wrestlers with them. So, I don't know. It's just weird, I guess. Yeah, it is weird. And the funny thing is, as you think about it more, the less sense it makes to even include this mode in the game because of that. Because Mm -hmm. all of the wrestlers are already in the game. Like, it's just cards of existing WWE wrestlers. So, really, all that's changing is, right, because in, like, NBA, for instance, you always want to get a better card of that player. Besides the fact that you want to make this, like, star-studded team. Mm -hmm. Well, most of these are singles matches in WWE, so really, at the end of the day, you're just playing a match under a certain set of circumstances that's one-on-one. So I, I just, I, I think this was mandated probably by Take-Two. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, you got to put this mode in there. And like, it's, it's fine as is, but... It's it's a it's a it's an interesting building block, which is the same thing that I would say for the GM mode. It's yeah. it's very bare bones. It's a, it's an interesting building block, and really, at the end of the day, and this is only after three hours. And by the way, I plan to play a ton of this game, so I, I'm not disparaging it. I think we are again right at that seven point five ish range. Sure. Again, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think this has the potential for. NBA 2K24 or WWE 2K24 or 25 to be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Like they're, they're setting up the foundation really well, but overall so far it's pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Which I was really worried about, about by the way. Yeah. I bet you haven't had the greatest track record with um, the games recently. So yeah. Hey, at least it worked out. Well, Raven, what do you say we talk about a little bit of news before we get out of here? Sure, let's go for it. So there are a few items, um, one of them being bigger than any of the other ones. But yeah, the first one, I'm just I'm just going to to, to say it, mm-hmm. and then we are we're going to get it out of the way. Um, we don't normally mention stuff like this on the show. But there are enough major players involved that I think it at least merits mentioning. Um, if you want to read a full read-up, there's a brilliant article by Otto Krotke over at Digital Trends. Um, it is worth noting that the entire video game industry has pretty much completely excommunicated Russia. Not and To get off video games for just a second, every company has pretty much excommunicated right. Russia at this point. Like McDonald's is no longer selling in Russia. Victoria's Secret is no longer selling in Russia. Like 
for good reason, too, in case you aren't aware, uh, the president of Russia started a war with yeah. Ukraine. And they're trying to backpedal and say we didn't start a war while they're still actively in the war that they started. But uh, uh, sorry, I have I have thoughts and opinions about this. But yeah, I figured you uh, might. Currently, they, uh, every single major player in the gaming world has just been like, yeah, no more Russia. Like right before we started the show, I was kind of browsing on Twitter just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And uh, even Humble has stopped sales in Russia. Like the Humble Monthly and Humble Bundle. They're just like, yeah, no more. Which like, there's a small part of me that's like, it kind of sucks for the people. But also this is the only way that the billionaires and the political figures there will listen. Yeah, yeah, it it sucks because at, at its core you are punishing the Russian people who haven't done anything wrong. However, right. so many things in the past couple of weeks from a boots on the ground perspective have been banned in Russia that how much access did they really have to all of these online gaming services and stuff anyway? At the end of the day, you're impacting the economy, which which is what has to happen in order to, to shut this down before it gets right. any worse. Um, right. so we'll, we will, um, also the advance wars, um, one and two reboot camp did get moved into April in order for it not to be quite so timely. Yeah. Uh, advance wars main antagonist is based off of a rough, a Russian caricature. Mm, yeah. Which is a little bit too real. Little, right little now. on the nose right now. Um, so we're, we're going to, we're going to leave that discussion there. Obviously good on all of these people who are no longer doing business in, in, in the Russian marketplace. Yeah. I also think it's very fun that, um, the advanced war one and two reboot camp, uh, it's like the first time that we've heard of a game delayed outside of like issues with the game. They're like, no, the game's ready to go. We just, it's just not yet. Just not right. We're just not releasing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of new release dates, however, it is time to talk a little bit about Gotham Knights. Not a ton to say about this one, but we do finally have a release date for Gotham Knights, which was first shown off, I believe, midway through 2020, uh, right around uh, E3 times. And yeah. o- Gotham Knights is going to be coming out on October 25th. Um, especially after seeing the new Batman, which is amazing, by the way. Um, very much looking forward to to playing this particular video game. And October twenty fifth is the day that we're going to play it. Yeah, very nice. Uh, very smart of them, by the way, on the heels of Robert uh, Pattinson's first uh, shot at the plate. Very, very timely decision on their part. While Batman is so into the zeitgeist, to right. uh, to do while that. while you have a good game or a good piece of media in the news, it's just like oh yeah, by the way, we have this other thing. Please buy it. Okay, bye. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Chris Scolian over at uh, VGC Video Games Chronicle posted something a couple days ago, and I I just I thought it would be interesting to throw out there. Um, because I was not aware of these numbers. (laughs) Sure. Um, if you had to guess, Raven, how many Xbox consoles have been sold over the course of the past 20 years 
the entire lifespan of Xbox in Japan. In Japan? In Japan, how many would you say? Uh, less than 100,000. I think it's like 60,000. Okay, well, you. this is going to be really disappointing for you. Yeah. Because it's not. It's way. It's way way more. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that just habitually, uh, just to kind of spoil the rest of the story, it, Xboxes don't sell in Japan, like very well at all. Yeah. So ever. Oh, please continue. The yeah. Xbox has sold 2.3 million consoles in Japan ever. Yeah. Um, and it's it's. It's right at 2.34, Um, Although most of those, the vast majority of those, were Xbox 360, which was about 1.6 million. Um, The Xbox One sold 115,000. Okay, maybe that's where my number was because I I remember talking about this before, not on the show, but in my personal life. Although um, interestingly, mm-hmm. the Xbox Series X and S have already sold one hundred and forty-two thousand, so already better than the Xbox One. Yeah, for sure. Now, huh, Raven, neat. if you had to guess, what was the best-selling Xbox game ever? In Japan. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Nope. Oh. On the original Xbox, selling 271,000 copies, Dead or Alive 3. Neat. Followed by Star Ocean 4, Tales of Vesperia, Blue Dragon, and The Last Remnant. Yeah, that all tracks. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very surprising. Um, no, but I, I think it's important to keep these kind of numbers in our head when we're talking about the console wars, right? Yeah, because the console wars do not just take place in the United States like we would like for them to. Um, yeah. The console wars take place all over the world and Xbox has a terrible foothold in Japan. Yeah. They, they always have, right? So there's two parts to this. One, uh, the main sorts of games that they sell on Xbox just aren't the games that the Japanese population keeps up with. That's the main one. Uh, the secondary one is that home consoles in general in Japan are much, much smaller. Um, or much a much smaller base, right? Um, that's why we see Nintendo sticking so hard with handhelds yeah it's because that's like the main one even whenever you're like if i'm playing through persona which is on a mainline thing and i'm playing in japan a lot of people are just out in the world just playing on handhelds there's just the room and the space in Mm. japanese homes and stuff is less and less um and like i've even seen pictures of apartments and stuff that don't have televisions they just have like switches on docks or just none nothing at all you know yeah um it's just the market's so much different over there but yeah, that, that, that number doesn't surprise me. It surprised me a little bit, obviously, because I thought it was a little bit, because I was low, but it doesn't surprise me at all. It's only 2 million. For the record, the PlayStation 5 made 5 million units, and it sold all of them in the matter of, like, two weeks. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Speaking of PlayStation, 
Let's get to the last thing on our docket today, my friend. There was a state of play yesterday. There and sure there was. There are a lot of people who are very upset about this state of play for no reason. Yep. As is tradition with the internet. As is tradition with the internet. So, yeah. I, I want to go back to the tweet where PlayStation announced this state of play. Now, here's what I'm going to I'm going to do. I'm going to read verbatim what they said. Mm-hmm. State of play returns this Wednesday, March 9th. Tune in at 2 p.m. Pacific time for about 20 minutes of PS4 and PS5 first looks and updates with a special focus on games coming from our Japan publishers. Cool. And that instantly crosses off yeah. a lot of like the big Western games, right? We're not going to hear anything about Spider-Man. We're not going to hear anything about New God of War. We're not going to hear any of that. We're just going to hear about Japanese studios, specifically, presumably, Square. Also, they replied to this tweet, and they said there will be no updates on PSVR 2 titles or hardware in this broadcast. Which I think is interesting to me because that to me is almost not exactly a Freudian slip because a Freudian slip is when you don't mean to say it, but there there's something about them getting in front of it, which to me says PlayStation VR 2 is probably pretty imminent. Because yeah. if they internally right it's just human communication if you feel the need to specifically say we are not doing this it's probably because you consider doing it at some point or because it's feasible enough in your own mind like we don't know we we know almost nothing about the PSVR 2 nope <laughs> but like we don't know when it's going to be announced or anything. They do. Yeah. And considering the need that they're like, oh, we're pretty close on this. We should probably tell them it's not going to happen. When we know nothing, to me, is very telling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That being said, let's talk about this state of play here. It was about 20 minutes, and oh boy, was it Japan heavy. Yeah, it sure was. So... We see this game, which we, we, we find out is entitled Exo Primal. It starts, it's the year 2043, and it starts with an android giving us a dinosaur weather report. That's right. Where are there going to be outbreaks of dinosaurs? Well, it turns out about 2 p.m. Yeah. And the, so, vortex, the portals will open. And there will be influxes of dinosaurs. These people get into their exoskeleton suits. A portal opens and there are a bunch of dinosaurs. Now, this game is called Exoprimal. It's coming out in 2023. It's going to be a co-op action game. Raven, would you like me to read you my first two notes that I took for this presentation? Please do. Note number one. WTF is happening. 
Note number two. Oh, it's Capcom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I was... Got I, it. I think this game looks goofy, but, like, in a fun way. Like, it, it just it looks, looks like kind so of Capcom. silly fun. Yeah, it just looks like it's just good fun. The other thing about this game is that this looks like an engine and hardware demo. Yeah. Because with all of these... So whenever there's, like... There's like, oh, there's a dinosaur forecast. There's like portals opening in the sky, and there are velociraptors falling from it, hitting the ground, standing up and running. And there was like not a frame drop or anything, really. Yeah, it reminds me in a it reminds me in a sick way of and not a direct allegory by any stretch of the imagination, but like Mario one twenty eight. Yeah. Which for the for those show off what it does. For those that don't know, Mario one twenty eight, a lot of people thought that it was going to be a game, but it was a um it was just uh showing off of the hardware and what the GameCube was going to be capable of. And that's the reason that a lot of people were really disappointed when Luigi's Mansion got revealed. Uh, no, it was a tech demo, and that, and that's what it was. Yeah, and then it, that, that's like very common. Tech demos are extremely common to show off new hardware, and apparently in this case, a new engine. God. But I don't know. I can't stop thinking about how goofy this looks. And the thing is, too, I just don't even know what the game is going to be. Not not a clue. What's going to be the moment to moment action? Is it going to be a battle royale? Is it ju- is it gonna be like something like Destiny where you party up? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it says it is going to be a co-op action game. Exactly. Yeah. What? A, yeah. You 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 may as well tell me that uh, the sky is a color. Like the sky has portals, and <laughs> thousands of velociraptors fly out of it. Casey, you're reading too much into this. Please think about the premise and just appreciate the game when it comes out in early 2023. All right. You're right. Um, let's... Sorry, 2023, not early. Don't don't put, I'm not going to put extra words on there. It just says 2023. Yeah, there, there's one that I, I need to laugh about that later. Anyway, um, we can hit these next three pretty quick. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo still looks pretty cool. It's coming out later this month. Stranger of Paradise yeah. Final Fantasy Origin also comes out later this month. There is a demo, oh, and it's shit. out right now. <laughs> I didn't realize that was out this month. Not only this month. I didn't realize this was out next week. Yeah, and there's a demo. Um, and yeah. then we did All see the uh, some more gameplay for Forspoken. It is worth noting this would have been a uh, new story had the state of play not happened, but... It has been delayed to the 11th of October from yeah. May. Still not bad. Extra yeah. couple of months, you know, it's always good. Yeah, take it if you need Better it. Better a delayed game than a rushed one. Yeah. Um, that being said, Forspoken still looks super cool. Uh, and I'm going to play it a lot. Yep. Up next, we got a trailer for Gundam Evolution, which was due out later this year. And they're going to do some sort of a network test in the spring. Um, there's a uh, the there's these transformers, and they're really mad at each other. Yeah, that's what I got. 
Uh, I mean, that's pretty good, except they're not Transformers. They're just, like, robots. They're just, like, suits. That's what a Gundam is. Yeah, like the Transformers. No, but okay. Cowabunga, I understand when it is not dude. worth our... There's a Teenage Mutant... <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game collection that is coming out from Konami later this year. It is called the Cowabunga Collection, and man, uh, there's all kinds of collections these days, aren't there? I mean, it makes sense if game developers want us to not like rip cartridge like rip ROMs and play their games that way. They have to provide it to us legally so they can sue us later. You right. know. And right. this is just them doing that. It's like, pay, spend $60 on, like, every TMNT game ever. Not every single one, but, like, a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. It's cool. If you're into TMNT, you should pick it up. If you're not, Turtles in Time is still a fun game. Then we get uh, a, something that is coming out later this year. It is called Gigabash, and it is literally, I was typing the words, some sort of kaiju brawler. When the lady said, <laughs> Kaiju Brawler. Hey, nothing like validation, right? Nothing this like game looks validation. Fun. It, look, it looks like it, it could it could be a fun Wednesday afternoon. It really does. Yeah, exactly. It is it is a fun party game. It's much like why I buy board games for. I don't buy them to play them seriously. I buy them to hang out with friends and just have a, just stick around and have a good time. Same kind of energy as like Gang Beasts, almost. It's mm. just a good, fun old party game. There's nothing wrong with that. So, speaking of things that you can play with other people, up next we have got a good, old-fashioned fighting game, and it is a remake of the 2013 fighting game, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle. It is called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. The R stands for rainbow. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, super, super uh, I, I've always heard a lot of fun things about this fighting game in particular. Uh, the only gripes is that it doesn't run at 60 FPS, which you know usually you don't care about, but in a fighting game, it kind of feels clunky. Mm. Um, so yeah, people are. I, this is one of those things that like I'll pick up on a sale for like 20 bucks and just kind of play around in the story mode because apparently the story mode is like really in depth with all these different characters. Mm. Um, yeah, super super cool. At first, I saw like the I saw the. Uh, the jail cells, and I saw the butterfly, and I was like, oh shit, what's going on with Persona? And then they showed the letters on the side. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's, man, that makes sense. That's still really cool. So, fun, fun game. What, one thing I did chuckle about here is um, they said it is going to be out, and this was a quote, early fall 2022. Yep. That just makes me laugh. Not, yep. not fall, certainly not late fall especially early fall early fall. it's like that means that's like them wanting to say like yeah we're releasing it in august but we don't have a specific date yet yeah at this point just say august or september yeah at, at this point just say august or september <laughs> like yeah i don't know you'll get it when you get it and you'll give like me it the either or i don't even care yeah um, up next, we got a trailer for another game that is uh, coming out this year. Do you see a trend? And this one is called Trek to Yomi. Um, it was it's being done by the um, the Shadow Warrior people, Flying Wild Hog. Um, and this game is kind. Of, it's a. It looks to be a kind of a side scroller. 
And it, to me, I just read it as, okay, this is like, this is like Ghost of Tsushima in the style of Sifu. And as such, I I am struggling a little bit with not to ever denigrate a good game for being good just because it's like other games. Mm-hmm. But a, a part of me kind of wa- wonders why this needs to exist and or how upset they are that Sifu came out right before they revealed this game. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, it it looks good. I I really like the style of it. But it's it's yeah. impossible. You 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 know you can't look me in the eyes and say, oh, this has as much steam on it as it would have three months ago. Yeah, no. Uh, this is definitely one of those games that I look at and be like, man, I really wish that PlayStation um, PlayStation Game Pass was a thing. Yeah. Because I want to play it, but it's something I will forget to purchase. Much like I did with the Pathless, a game I was very excited about playing and just never have bought. Yeah. Good game. Such as it is. Um, Up next, Returnal is getting what is called the Ascension Update, which is bringing campaign co-op and a new survival mode via a free patch later this month. Nice. Now, folks, it's almost time to go. But... Mm. Before we do, this is this is this is the PlayStation lady speaking. We need to check out new two new games from our friends over at Square Enix. And now this is the moment where you, Raven, sat up on the edge of your seat, and the moment when I realized the show was over, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first one is called the Diofield Chronicle. Yeah. It's a strategy RPG. And... Mm-hmm. It's a strategy RPG that is different from the strategy RPG they released a couple weeks ago called Triangle Strategy. Which is also it's... based on a war. But Yeah. Like... But that one's the Salt Iron War. Uh, this one, I don't, <laughs> don't, remind I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so this one plays differently in the fact that it is a real-time strategy game as opposed to the turn-based tactical strategy game that um, Triangle Strategy is. Uh, it looks cool. That's all there is to say. I'm excited to play it later this year. Because uh, um, I, I will be playing it. Second is an action say. RPG called Valkyrie Elysium also due out in 2022. It looks okay. And this is the moment where I realized, and this is very much one of those to the untrained eye situations because I I understand mm-hmm. that I'm I'm not the authority on this stuff, but yeah, man, I feel like Square Enix has one person who is in charge of editing all of the trailers for all of their RPGs. You think so? Because this game, Raven, back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back dog, they may as well have been advertising the same game to me at that moment. 
Like, I mean, see, you, you see but I the think different that's just art the... style, but it's just, then you go back into, and it's the same font, and it's it's the same general, like, layout. Like, the, the same general structure. Mm-hmm. Like obviously they were different games. I'm not. I'm not saying that from a blind spot perspective, but right. like the the trailer like followed the same formula, and back to back it was like, okay, wow, these kind of had whiplash. Yeah, like Squ- Square Enix, they really just do be staying in their wheelhouse. Yeah. I thought you were going to mention something about their logo design because all of their logos are all kind of like the same font and stuff. That's true too. Uh, to, to which I will argue that I think it's dope. Uh, I don't know what it is about Square Enix logos, but like Final Fantasy, this one, uh, speaking of which, Valkyrie Elysium is the name of this game. It is a sequel to a uh, Square Enix game from forever ago called Valkyrie Profile. Um, I digress. I just There's something I like about the specific font choice that they use with like a logo design to go behind it. So it's like you have that same font, so you have that brand recognition, but also there's like a different like image to go accompany with it. Like Valkyrie Elysium here has like the Valkyrie girl on it. Like Final Fantasy 15 has the crystals, stuff yeah. like that. I, I, I think it's a neat thing. I prefer it to uh, what Octopath and Triangle Strategy have, which is, I shit you not, the exact same font like i need to show you this because it drives me crazy um the icon for triangle strategy and the icon for bravely default are identical Um, oh yeah 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 it is let me let me see if i can't get it on my switch uh i can not get well i'm looking up all of them right now back to back to back and it yeah it's just yeah like the octopath uh, traveler and the um, triangle strategy icons on the Switch are the same to a T, just with the different names, and I think it is the stupidest thing. Like, I get that's what your game is, um, but like, have a little bit of something there for Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's also the same on the cartridges, too, for what it's worth. It is the exact same picture that's on the home menus as it is on the cartridges. Yeah, and that to me... I think that's where I get into... I, I do agree with your statement. However, my only slight rebuttal to it really is that I think that there is a difference between brand recognition and making it all look like every game that you release is from the same series. Yeah. And I think while I like the idea that you can you know it's a Square Enix logo, I don't like the idea that Valkyrie Elysium may as well be a Final Fantasy game even though it's very much not. Right. And I can get that too. I suppose that whenever I think of that style of logo, I am thinking of all of the Final Fantasy games, which is what they usually use it for. Yeah. To see it on a non-Final Fantasy game is kind of weird. But I just like that logo design, so I. But I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I think it's just there is a line there, and I think they're just slightly to the left of it is all. Um, but overall, Raven, what did you what did you think of this state of play? It was a very Raveny state of play. Yeah, I thought there's a lot of good games that I'll end up picking up on here. I'm really excited for the uh, Dial Chronicles. 
I am exceptionally excited to um, see the co-op thing for Returnal and the uh, endless mode because the survival mode isn't like a, oh, get, see how far you can get and like beat it. It is apparently truly endless. Wow. Um, so you just see how far you can go. Yeah. Which I think is kind of neat. Um, not, I still haven't played Returnal, but when I do, that is why I, I will be looking forward to playing that. But yeah, overall, there's like a couple of really good little titles in here that I'm excited to pick up. Um, yeah. I'm excited to pick up Final Fantasy Origins. Or, yeah, Final Fantasy Origins. I'm excited to pick up Tokyo Ghostwire on a sale. Yeah. So, I, I thought I thought it was good as well. Um, it th- it very much was just not for me. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm cool with that. I'm not everybody. So, like, no harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. It, it you can you can recognize that something's not for you, and then say it was a terrible present, and and also I don't know. People are always like, "Oh, I didn't like this presentation. God awful presentation, terrible." Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to watch, like, a basketball game and be like, oh, my God, this basketball game sucks just because I'm, like, not a basketball fan, which is changing. I watched the uh, Michigan-IU game today and got excited about that. Yeah, man. It was it was interesting to see IU beat Michigan. That was a thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm still trying to learn sports talk. I, I have decided that I, do, I talk too much about video games and I need some sort of, like, common ground thing to talk to people about. And so I have decided that it's going to be basketball. I'm just going to watch basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball. I think sports in general, but basketball is really exciting when you allow yourself to buy in. Um, Yeah. And I, I think that it's, I think that it's interesting because I think that's my theory on why so many people who aren't sports fans get into the Olympics is because Mm -hmm. it's like when you're, like if you're deciding that you're going to watch basketball, you have a, you have a lot of things that you have to consider. Am I going to watch the NBA? Does that automatically mean that I'm a Pacers fan? Obviously, I'm an IU fan, but to what extent do I support Purdue because they're close? You know, and yeah, all of that. There's a lot of buy-in. Whereas on the Olympics, you can just you can turn on anything and be like, "I'm rooting for the for the America one." And yeah. I think a lot of people get like backdoored into really liking sports because just because it's accessible, they know which one to yeah. root for. Yeah, and that's how I feel about whenever they did the Overwatch League and they're like, choose a team. And I was like, I know none of these players. I like the color scheme of this one. And I chose that one. That's what, that's what um, Matt and Tim and I did with the, uh, when the XFL came out, we were like, you know what? The Tampa Bay Vipers look cool. They have like green going on. That's real. That's really nice. We're gonna, cause there wasn't a, and that was, I think the the team that I liked, their name was the, uh, the Houston outlaws. And they were like a really like nice gray with like a really lime green. That looked really cool. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to stick with these guys. I had no, like, care about any of them. I just didn't want to watch the team that XQC was on. That's all I cared about. And then he got kicked off in, like, two weeks, and it was okay. So, you know what, Raven? I'll I'll, I'll help you practice talking sports. I'll talk sports with you. Sports. But that's a completely different podcast. This is the gaming (laughs) one. Please tell everybody where they can find us. You can find us talking about video games at... um, (laughs) Find the both of us at uh, Twitter and Facebook at Making Fun Pod. 
You can find Casey over on Twitter and Instagram at Casey on the drums. And you can find me, Raven, at RavenBabyTV on Twitter. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, wherever you found us currently is great. And you should make sure you subscribe it. Big number. Make us feel better. Um, and tell all your friends about us. And while you're doing it, tell us who you are. Folks, thank you so much for listening to this. And thank you for so much for your support each and every week. Keep downloading. Keep. I mean, we'll start telling us who you are. Seriously. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. And yeah. for Raven Stab Miller, my name is Casey Johnson. And folks, until next week, do me a favor. Go out and brighten someone's day. Bye.